Welcome to Survivor Turning Back Time, the podcast. The Survivor podcast that takes over a Malaysian bar and forces everyone to celebrate a show that hasn't aired yet. <laughs> and then puts up the name of the show on the bar. Yeah. Excuse you, Stephen, this is actually uh, Survivor Turning Back Time, the podcast, the game show, the podcast, the movie. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Levine, here with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, talk to me. Uh, okay, well, uh, for the people that didn't get that reference, that is a, uh, they made a Street Fighter movie back in the late 90s, <laughs> and then they made a game based on that movie, so it was called Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Jared, the limit does not exist. We can go deeper. Oh, we can go deeper. We can go deeper. Uh, we could make the graphic novel based on the game, based on the movie, based on the game. You're going to get hired right into Hollywood right now. <gasps> I'm going to do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, how is life in the one hour that I've We've literally seen been life? in this condo for four hours, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're up against the finale. For timing's sake, it makes more sense for us to do two episodes here than uh, watch a, a huge finale and then talk about it for a long time. So we're 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 hanging out. We're uh, we watched two episodes today, recording two episodes. And We've done this a couple times, yeah. and you're you're you know uh, along for the ride with us if you're listening to this in real time as they release. So sure. thank you as you or as we uh, hone our craft. Uh-huh. Um, it does mean that the. Uh, we just see so much of each other. We see so much of each other anyway. I'm That's at true. your house like five of the seven days of the week. <laughs> and you will be back tomorrow because we are watching football. And the day after because I'm watching garbage reality TV with your fiance. Oh, okay. Well, there we are. Don't tell Michaela, um, but I'm very excited because I haven't picked the shows. One of them is definitely going to be Love Island. Okay. Um, but I'm going to make PowerPoints on why we should watch them. Michaela was asking me shows of garbage reality tv to throw out for you i definitely did throw out love island so i don't think uh that's going to be one of the options but yeah uh interested to see what you guys pick i'm gonna do a whole powerpoint presentation with the pros (laughs) and the cons i great so someone pitched this to me once of doing a powerpoint presentation just like at a party so like everyone brings in a powerpoint presentation uh gives a whatever it is it could be something actual realistic and interesting or it could just be like a junk presentation that you give half drunk it honestly it's a lot of fun 10 out of 10 uh my buddy chris did that one time oh yeah but i don't remember what it was i was there for that it was about uh popes i think it was gay popes it was gay popes it was which popes might have been gay yeah i'm sorry for the uh uh, full-on blasphemy we're bringing here, but here we are. I mean, it was a historical analysis. Sure. Um, no, yeah, I'm glad that we really do share one brain cell, Stephen, because I was like, it was gay something, and then you're like, it was something to do with popes, and I was like, there, there it is, gay popes. We, we've solved it. We did it. <laughs> That's also be the new name of my uh, reggae band. Gay popes? The gay popes. Ooh, I, why reggae? Uh, it just feels right. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. 
dun, 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 dun. Oh, come on. I was trying to get you to perform two I, episodes in a row. Oh, I, sorry. I was trying to figure out if that was even reggae. I, yeah. Reggae usually is like slow, slow jams, Bob Marley. Reggae? Oh. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Okay. I was it like, just boo. hit me. Okay. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> Why boo? I I have yet to been to be proven wrong. So here we are. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Do you want to start the episode? Uh, I mean, I again, I could I could keep filibusting. Go um, go on. I challenge you. Oh, don't do that. Stephen will be here all night. All right. Again, no hill that I am not willing to die on. I commit to the bits, Stephen. I sent a. I made a friend, Travis, think that I was going to crash his new boyfriend's family gathering. I got the iPhone location data from my dad who happened to live nearby. I cropped photos from Google Street View so he would think I was nearby. That is true. I kept this bit going for three days. (laughs) That's true. I seed my time. Okay. (laughs) Bumper. All right, so this episode uh, came out on August 16th, 2000. So in the time between last episode and this one, uh, August 10th to August 16th, uh, a couple of things happened in the world. Um, Loretta Young, American actress uh, from, I guess, movies Farmer's Daughter and Stranger, uh, died of ovarian cancer at 87, so that's sad. I don't know those movies. The name's familiar, I'm really bad with actors and actresses' names, so that probably means something to somebody. Um, and this one actually uh, means something to me. Uh, Hanging by a Moment uh, was released by Lifehouse. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging by a moment here with you. I That's not that the one. melody. That's fine. Um, and then the same song, uh, uh, Incomplete by Cisco, was top of the charts. Which we did listen to uh, between episodes and it is a bop i i like it it doesn't have a good hook no it doesn't it doesn't really have a good like chorus and maybe that's what you meant by hook it's Um, it's vocally impressive like cisco is mm, great great at uh doing his r&b thing uh however there just isn't yeah there isn't a good chorus there isn't a good hook to to really get the listener engaged it's the r&b music that i would that i've heard described as uh baby making music <laughs> this is now a cisco and bb podcast only cisco and bb <laughs> thong song and bb put those two images together oh, you're scarred no. for life <laughs> oh, no so we start the episode, and again, this is our second episode of the night, so Jared and I are watching this together. Uh, we're watching the intro. Intro still slaps. Uh, <laughs> episode 12, Death of an Alliance. Yes. Episode 12, Death of an Alliance. Jared <laughs> looks over to me, and we're we're watching the intro, which again, I wish they still did the intro the oh, way it is. Uh, had two thoughts. One... They they do hide who goes deep into the series pretty well mm-hmm. because some of the people, your brain goes to oh those are still images they don't have much footage of them they're not going to use they they're not going very far some of the people who do go far have still images some of them have footage from really early on so that 
you you can't really guess. Um, so yeah, we we complimented them on that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every 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 person's intro was either a still photo, a posed shot, so them like up against a tree or something posing for the camera, or from the very first episode. Possibly. I get this weird feeling. I know we said that the show didn't get a pilot because how could it? But boy, does that, the more and more, like the deeper we get in, the more it feels like that first episode was a pilot and like they took like a two month break and then flew everyone except for (laughs) Sonya back out because it's just like, man, like so much changed in that first and second episode, but then doesn't change like right away. Like they immediately, like between episode one and two immediately get better at cinematography and then it seems pretty much the same through the whole season. Um, That's not a conspiracy theory. I don't believe that happened. But um, it sure feels like it. It does. And for someone who is having to edit and uh, do this podcast, I get it. I do. (laughs) Our first episode is garbage. And not from a talking standpoint. I think, like, we came out the gate doing pretty well of conversing. Uh, We had a lot to talk about. Uh, I didn't know how to mix this. I didn't know how to uh, get our audio in a in a good place prior to starting recording so like i get it they're figuring it out and slowly here at episode 12 that it looks like it's almost there yeah they've got they're getting better at their camera angles too yes. they're getting better at like get like embedding the cameramen like into their day-to-day lives yep. or like into the action of a challenge or fishing or you know yada yada yeah Oh, we love the yada yada. Second thing, second thing that we noticed uh, that Jared and I quote from Jared: "Who the fuck is Stacy?" (laughs) I didn't think you were gonna call me out on that live. (laughs) I did. So uh, I had to look back at my cheat sheet of players because I was like, and I was like, okay, she's on. She was on Toggy, so I guess she must have gone home episode three because Sonya went home episode one. BB episode two, and so it would have been a Toggy person episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I only bring it up because it is funny that sometimes you're 12 episodes in and suddenly the people who go home right away, unless they had a defining moment, they're out of your mind. Which is so funny because I remember I remember Sonya. I remember BB. Yeah. I don't remember Stacy. No. I remember Ramona. Yeah. I don't remember Stacy. Stacy was a little more generic, so yeah. Her mom gets more attention than her. Okay. Ah, uh, thank you, Bowling for Soup. Okay, <laughs> let's start with the episode. So, Rich immediately comes in. We. This is a, a strange episode. This is the episode I want to entitle the "We're Laying Around, uh, Having Existential Thoughts." Yeah, like it's it almost starts exactly the same way as last episode with everyone just kind of like laying around and just being like i want to go home yeah a lot of people say that and it's it's boredom it's it's everything uh let's see rich talks about um alliances yeah rich rich talks about alliances and how the merge tribe it, it was a joke the merge tribe didn't exist the pre-merge tribes don't exist i don't think it was a joke i think that's the way rich sees the game no no no, you're right okay and it's it's funny because i said early on in in the season i was like you know uh i assume that pretty quickly they move away from tribal lines being important and you said uh it's longer than you wish but 
Rich is already there. Right. Rich is like 10 seasons ahead on that or however long until people figure that out. Rich is there. Survivor is not. Yeah. Um, but we say that there are no Pagong members left. Yeah. So e- easy to say that when uh, suddenly they have to cannibalize each other. The game's on. Um, <laughs> and again, Rudy, the quote machine. <sighs> if people betray me, I'll get even with them. Which could have left it at that, would have been ominous enough. Yeah. But then he continues and says, oh, I got some guys back home that'll take care of them. <laughs> and this made me realize, I mean, I, I guess I always knew that Rudy had killed a man. He had fought in war. Right. But Rudy's, like, Rudy's killed a man. Ru- <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that because, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know about allegedly because we have no evidence to back this up, but... speculation probably he's killed a man okay uh uh, but it it is interesting that rich they they then show rich game planning with everyone yeah which which is again for the first season of survivor brilliant like yes you have a strategy you're telling other people hey this is what i want to do i want to go to final two with you yeah hey i want to go to final two with you hey i want to go to final two with you like of course do that I think Sue's the only one we don't see him say it to. It's true. Uh, he's hedging his bets and Sean. No, he says it to Sean. Does he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember that. I remember thinking that could be true. Because I was like, does does Rich just want a goat I to mean, drag along? It's not a bad idea. No, Sean would be <laughs> the goat of not the goat of goats. The goat of There's goats. Been worse. Um, but he is. He he would definitely be a goat. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, they kind of show rich game planning and Sean doing nothing. Sean essentially saying, yeah, uh, people have approached me and people are game planning and I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, he, he does have an interesting observation. Again, I hate them giving Sean even one second of credit. Um, but he has an interesting observation where he's like, you know, Rich is coming over here and talking to me about you know how much he's annoyed with sue and then you know sue will be talking to rudy about how much she hates me and then rich will go over there and talk to sue about how much they hate me yeah um and like again yeah he he has his eyes open to all the backstabbing and he just like wants to keep himself above it but then he has this monologue later where he's like i'm gonna win i'm here to win the game that it seems <laughs> like the two are in direct opposition of each other right yes like I'm going to take the moral high ground, but I'm going to win this game. How? Uh, I don't uh, know. Everyone's handed everything my whole life, so I'm, they'll hand this to me too. I'm not making any strategies. I'm not doing anything, but I'm going to win this game. No. Well, mm. All right. Through the power of the mega pool. The power of friendship. <laughs> I mean, that is actually how you win Survivor. I is have the, the power, power of friendship. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but then we have the montage of everyone talking about what they miss from home sue missing talking to her husband is so excited to just call him and hear his voice she's uh, like she's like oh i don't care what time of the night it is i'll call him wake him up no i don't care at all uh rich misses his bed misses a lot uh, people uh and sean i miss my favorite restaurant i miss new- i get it like you miss your city he's from new york he- sure but that tells me not that i needed to know anything more about sean but this tells me everything. Yep. That the first thing he says is, 
I miss my I miss my favorite restaurant. I miss my favorite bar. Like this is a man who has his life in a routine. Yep. That's you know oh the Italian restaurant I go to on Thursdays and the bar I meet with my pool buddies on Friday. Like eh, no wonder he wanted a vacation. Sounds like if the if the most exciting thing you can think of back home that you miss and the most heartfelt thing is a restaurant. Oy. Oy. Oh boy. Well, oh boy. All right. Yeah, I'll never get sick of dogging on Sean. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to be said to enjoying your routine. Well, but. yeah. No, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. But, like, you shouldn't have the most prized thing in your life that you miss after being stranded for 35 days. A restaurant. Correct. You don't miss your friends? Your parents? I mean, I guess he just saw his dad. That's true. He did um, just see his dad. Like, you're... Even, like, you're, you're like, a coworker you really like that you get along with? Like, nothing? There's not... Oh. Apparently Siri just thought I was talking to Siri. <laughs> we have a guest host for the day. <laughs> that was very strange. I didn't say anything remotely close to the the bad words that will trigger Siri. Nope. There we go. I, nothing happened. So All right. go ahead. Um, yeah. And then we get Kelly uh, d- defending herself to Sue and Rich. So Kelly and Sue have a bit of a blow up. Yes, they do. <laughs> Over, um, I guess Colleen at some point had mentioned to Sue that Kelly said she wasn't part of the Alliance. Yeah. Probably when Colleen was doing a little bit of scrambling, like the very bare minimum we see her do. Sure. Um, cause I don't think she would have said it after she went home on the jury. I, I don't know how she would. No. Um, and, uh, you know, Sue takes it very personally. feels like she's been stabbed in the back. Kelly tells her that she was just trying to obfuscate the fact that there was an alliance, and yet, you know, look, all the Pugong members are gone one by one. And you commented when we were watching it, you're like, I don't know which is true. Or which is... It, it, it does feel like she believes this, even though she has said multiple times that she is not part of the alliance. Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing. I... It seemed like with Sue, she was trying to save face, but her argument to Richard made sense. She could have sent Richard home. Yeah. Back when um, they sent uh, Jenna home. Yep. Rich had just as many votes on, or had one, only had one less vote on him. If she had changed her vote to Rich, he would have, at least would have been tied, if there, not him going home. There have been multiple opportunities that, like, her not voting with the group has never been in opposition of the group. Yeah. It has always been someone else. So it was a Usually Sean. Yeah. Yeah, she just wants Sean to go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sue feels burned, and Kelly's defending that it was strategy. And we 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 go on from there, and it's, it's just a blow-up, and it seems like this is the first of, okay, now we're, we're really getting into the nitty-gritty. Someone has to go from this tribe. Someone has to fight against each other yeah yeah and um i kind of agree with kelly here about like you know not to take it personal like that you know don't take it personally it's a game it's alliances and all Uh um but we we do see how much i mean it's clearly hurt sue over the last two episodes she's she trusted kelly as a friend not just as someone in an alliance you have to you have to compartmentalize that um but I get it. <laughs> yeah. And we did talk about how it, it meant a lot 
to sue that Kelly was her friend and then suddenly it it, it didn't it, it didn't hit the same. So I feel bad for Sue. I think both parties are correct in this scenario that yeah. like it it's it is what it is and we're in opposition, but it it's not personal, it's not uh trying to hurt each other. Yeah, and that's I mean that's often the messy truth of like a feelings based blow up is yeah, you you both have your feelings about it and it doesn't seem, you know, you neither person wronged each other in this case. Nope. And you're kind of both right. Yeah. Um and so Sue goes out into the ocean to fish to get some alone time. I mark down how confident they are just like sticking their hand in places in the reef that they can't see. They don't know what's down there. They don't know anything about it. And then immediately Sue gets stung. Yeah, this is really the first time that you we've seen someone get stung by these stingrays that they're eating quite a bit of. Uh, but congrats to Sue. Like, you, you got the stingrays. The second one is what got her. Uh, yeah. She says this isn't the first time she's been stung either. Oh, really? She says yeah. it's the second time. You're yeah. right. And this, this one was worse. But yeah, like, her knuckles are swollen and... Yep. And they, they give her medical attention because they, they have a full-on gauze wrap for the rest of the episode. Which, bugs crawl out of your skin? Nah, yeah. walk it off. You get stung by a stingray in the hand? Oh, geez, we got to take care of that yeah, We right got to fix that. Um, <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> we, I, I briefly hinted at this. In later seasons, they do talk about these kinds of stings and how the best way... Uh, Maybe I'm thinking jellyfish. Is that you have to pee on it? I think that's an urban legend. I don't think so. Because uh, it's something about the 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 salts and the uh, pH balances. But go on. Prove me wrong, please. <laughs> All right. So I just Googled, should you pee on a jellyfish sting? And it says, I mean, this is the Cleveland Clinic. Despite what you may have heard, it's a myth that peeing on a jellyfish sting does anything to ease the pain. Not only are there no studies to support this idea, but urine may actually worsen the sting too. Cool. Uh, okay. Well, I have approximate knowledge of many things. I hate to tell you this. In a later season of Survivor, someone will pee on, on the sting. So, uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> so the medical team's like, I don't know, man, just pee on it, see what it does. It's heat of the moment. No yeah. one's got... There isn't a medical team just sitting waiting for things to happen. If, That's fair. If someone's going to pee, someone's going to pee. <laughs> That's actually the, uh, that was the original um, Outplay Outlast, uh, <laughs> Outthink or whatever it is. It was actually, if someone's going to pee, they're going to pee and just on the buff in a circle. You just say Outthink. I couldn't remember what the last Outwit. one was. There it is. Uh, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, moving on. We go to the reward challenge, which they drop just a bucket of mud by tree mail and say yeah. uh dig in which sue's like touches it and's like oh, okay it's mud and just walks away and some rudy <laughs> starts scooping it out one hand at a time yeah so the the actual message was in there laminated and essentially saying hey you're gonna get muddy but you're gonna win beer yay again not all reward challenges are created equal no this one was interesting though i so they they go to the mud volcano from the Pagong Beach. Jeff says this entire island was born of this mud volcano and a giant citation needed flashed <laughs> in my mind. Please. So I think 
what he is trying to say is the the thermal elements that are used that function this mud volcano are the same elements that created the rock that is the island like a hawaiian island situation where it's all volcanic however there's no explanation given (laughs) nothing is stated beyond yeah that mud volcano made the whole island it's just like like a little bubbling like (laughs) three bubbles at a time moving the mud you're like i don't i'm sorry i don't know about that jeff (laughs) thanks thanks jeff so this challenge they had to get themselves muddy with as much mud as possible and then using only their body transfer mud into a bucket the person with the most mud in the bucket or i should say the heaviest amount of mud in the bucket uh went to the challenge yes and what do they win steven they win a single beer is what jeff says yep you win a beer oh sorry not even a beer worse than beer a bud light (laughs) bud light (laughs) one bud light and then we're gonna blindfold you take you to a bar somewhere and then we're gonna have more beers but also watch the first five minutes of the first episode of survivor so i have many questions go on one yes why do they need to blindfold them? My guess is, is that they didn't want them realizing that they're real close to society and uh, actual normal humans. <laughs> or it's a, a prop set that they just kind of like constructed and it there's nothing else really around it. So that one feels more accurate to me. Um, but I don't, yeah, wild that they like needed to be blindfolded. Um, and that that's not explained. Yeah. Um, (laughs) second question. (laughs) Why is this a date with Jeff? Yeah. That's the other thing too, is it's specifically with Jeff. Jeff will be there and, uh, will be with you the entire time watching this episode for five minutes and then drinking beer with you Mm -hmm. it we're going to talk about it when it actually happens but it is so unbelievably awkward then i'll hold my third question because my third question involves when they get there okay cool uh so the challenge is the most quasi sexual thing i think i've witnessed in survivor really because it's not intended to be I was going to say, it didn't really come off to me as sexual. So here's what I, I made notes. This is why. It was the slow motion shots. There, and they were all oh, slow motion. And yeah. the hands on the body, like rubbing this mud off, all of them in slow motion. Okay. It didn't need to be that. I agree with the cinematography and the music. The music underneath it was not helping. Correct. That, okay, I understand where you're coming from on that. I was like, the, the challenge itself, like, didn't feel that way. I felt like there were kids playing in, like, they were, like, you know, grown-up kids playing in mud. But now I'm, like, replaying it in my head with, like, the slow-mo shots with the music underneath it. And that's why I, I, I say, get it. that's why I say quasi-sexual, because it, I, from all perspectives, it does not look like this was intended to be that way. I think it was just poor editing choices, and I weird uh, just a weird way to do it is uh is quasi-sexual quasimodo's twin brother no uh, this is the end of the survivor turning back time podcast and uh we're canceled <laughs> we're, we're, can- we're canceling ourselves cool uh so jeff 
weighs everyone's mud. Uh, Kelly, Kelly wins. Kelly wins, but I will say, this is the first challenge where there is suspense about who wins slash who's going to win. Yeah. And I missed that element of the challenges so much. Yeah. This, they stumble on it by accident because the weighing of it naturally creates suspense. But, God, I hope they paid attention to that <laughs> and, and start putting it in sooner rather than later. Yeah. So Jeff has to lift up the buckets and actual weigh them and wait for the scale to stop bouncing so we can we can discuss. Of course, Kelly was the first one and also yeah. the heaviest one, so that's a little anticlimactic. But that's uh, a weird theme. Like yeah. Emma and Greg won the uh, was it the archery challenge? Yeah, the archery yep. challenge. He, first arrow, no one else even got close. Yep. Kelly first bucket. A couple of them were close, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kelly wins and gets gets to hug Jeff post challenge, all covered in mud, head to toe. This is a weird look for Jeff because I feel like that this wouldn't happen in later seasons because he he does get covered in mud from Kelly's hug. Yeah, and he looks surprised by it. He's like, "What? Oh yeah, that's right. She's muddy." <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and then everyone walks home in their post challenge dry mud. Uh, all covered from head to toe in this grayish, uh, almost film. It's pretty great. And we got like the slow-mo, like walking down the beach, Baywatch style. Yeah. I, I wrote it down as they're either ghosts or if you're musical theater people, the Adams Family ancestors <laughs> come to haunt the island. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I needed to say. Uh, Though it does bring them back together. Um, mm -hmm. We get a moment of Rich not understanding the nuance of human emotion. <laughs> Since where, when? <laughs> uh, where Rich has a, a... He's talking to us about like... Uh, they were just mad at each other a few hours ago. I don't understand how they can be like... You know... Washing mud out of each other's hair and all of this. And it's like... Yeah, dude. People are complicated. Not everyone's like a game bot. Like, yeah. Rich, is, Rich is becoming a game bot. And he, <laughs> he wasn't in the first... I feel like, well, maybe he always was. Um, but I was just kind of, for someone who's so tuned into people, I was very surprised that he didn't understand that. I think he had to try harder to get people to like him early on. And then once that was unnecessary, he then switched to game bot mode. Yeah, what does he say? It's later in the episode, um, but this is a pretty natural segue into it. He talks about like having to, having to like learn these people's personalities and conform to it is exhausting, and I want to go around my chosen people, which I I get it. Like mm. you know you you didn't choose these people that were on the show with you, right? But like he doesn't even see them as people. He just sees them as pawns. They're pawns in my game. Yeah, and it's it's kind it's kind of sociopathic. Like Greg is psychopathic, <laughs> and Rich is starting. Rich is having like some sociopathic red flags. Uh huh. Oh yes, believe yeah. me, you were correct. This challenge rekindles the friendship of Sue and Kelly. If nothing, just makes it more civil. Yeah. It forces them to talk because they they help each other. They clean off the mud post challenge, uh, and it, it was really nice. Nice to see that. Uh, and then leaves us with the. The line that brought me all the way back to the Midwest. 
Have fun on your night out, kiddo. <laughs> Sue, Sue says that to Kelly when Kelly is taken away to the, the fake bar. It, it, it was cute. It was cute. Like I said, just, just brought me home a little bit. It was funny. Uh, yeah, so we go to the Survivor bar. It's Kelly. Walked in with a blindfold. Who are those people? Yeah, it's an entire bar of what I'm assuming is Malaysian locals. They're... I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly they're not in on the production. No. Because they're all talking. People are smoking in the corner. Uh, even as they're celebrating and Jeff is talking to Kelly... They're like struggling to talk because there's so much other conversation going on. It's it's real bizarre. This was so weird. Yeah. Because there's not. It doesn't look like a real bar. It looks like a soundstage. It does. But the people don't look like actors. They look like people that are at a dive bar and just want to be left alone. Like they're kind of like side eyeing the camera. Like. Why the hell is that here? But then they have like the neon sign that's calling it the Survivor Bar. Clearly they brought that in. Yep. They brought in a TV. So like they have the agree if it isn't a soundstage, they have the agreement of the management. It the whole thing was just really really weird. You're right. This is this is one of two things. It's either a bar that they paid someone to say, "Hey, can we shoot and film things here?" Like you can go about your business if you want but we're, we're just going to do things like, okay, sure. Or this is a soundstage that they said, hey, locals, do you want to come have free beer and hang out while we pretend this is a bar? Yeah, we'll pay you 50 bucks each or, you know, whatever. It's it's so weird, it's dude. It's very strange. They could have done this in so many different ways. You could have, you know, done it as a private event. With, yeah. I mean, hopefully you and another cast member, not you and Jeff, because that was also kind of weird. Yeah. Was the Jeff interview. <laughs> so or, it it's just Jeff and Kelly there. They're hanging out. I, I should say that among the locals. Right. But they're the focus. They're at this table having beer, having pasta, and talking game he was talking strategy and game with kelly but that's what i think part of what makes it weird is that jeff can't give his opinions no he can't be like oh yeah you really shouldn't align with sue or whatever because like he's not going to do that at least not on camera no i don't think he'd do it off camera either he can't really talk about his personal life on camera i mean i guess he could but he doesn't he doesn't and i don't think he wants to so it just kind of it's almost like an interview where he's like asking her questions about like how the game's going, but he knows how the game's going. He sees it. So it's for us, but it's not really for us because we also see it. We've been watching the show for 12 episodes. Uh-huh. So who is it for? I don't know. He, he's definitely putting on the act of reacting to things that Kelly is telling him because <laughs> of course he knows. He knows things. He's being relayed information like he is at tribal when he has to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like he knows things. So him trying to act surprised to, oh, really? It it real it it tickled my fancy. Uh, it was it was entertaining. It was cringy. Yeah. Like it was cringy entertainment, but it was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and then they have to stop the bar. They have to announce to everyone, hey, will you guys do me a favor? My friend here. I have this special guest, and we need to watch this video. And so they put in a, a VHS tape in the VCR player. 
I uh, what an old timey sentence. I know. I I I believe last time we talked about uh, this scenario, we talked about I I didn't say VCR, and I want to make it clear that I know that it's a VCR player and a VHS tape. Okay. Did somebody write in about that? <laughs> no, but this okay. is my personal vendetta against myself. Okay, uh, got it. Yes, but he has to stop everyone and say, "Will you give us? Will you let us watch this, please? Thank you." And then they watch the the intro section for uh, everyone getting marooned off the ship, which was cute. The first five minutes, we don't see the. I don't know where five minutes cuts off at, but it was it it was cute seeing Kelly's reactions of like, oh yeah, like especially the stuff she didn't see. Yeah, because like. It was chaos. They were jumping off a boat. They were doing all that kind of stuff. And so she's uh-huh. like, "Oh, go, Jenna! That was really badass." And like, yeah. you know, she gets so that was that was kind of cool. It is cool, and I think that for uh, not knowing what the show is gonna be, to see that before it even comes out is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this had been, um, you know, if the show had only gone on for like three seasons, so let's say it, it, you know, ratings bombed, they canceled it. Okay. But as a show that goes on for 20 years, being a person that got to watch the first five minutes with Jeff being on the first season and, like, winning those challenges, like, that's that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah. Even if it was so cringy. <laughs> yeah, for the record, CBS did... You... Nowadays, like, you... You can take more risks. Things get put on uh, streaming services, whatever. CBS put this in their summer lineup not expecting this to do all that well it did far better than they expected and was one of the best premieres of any series for them for a long long time like of the decade uh the finale episode specifically was one of their most watched single episodes of the decade i think i read i don't know if this is true or not so i have to fact check this uh, that it was the single, the second most watched episode of that decade watched live. Wow. Behind the Friends finale. Decade meaning 1991 through 2000? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. That's uh, that's not surprising um, because we know the history of the show at this point. Uh-huh. But yeah, it doesn't seem like this was set up for success. Nope. Um, and... I think they got pretty lucky with the cast they got for season one, too. They really did. Uh, a whole bunch of quote machines. A, a good a good fight at the end here is going to make it what it is. So back at camp, we're, we're coping with open alliances. And Kelly and Sue are having the conversation. Essentially, this is one long conversation that goes on throughout the episode mm-hmm. of... Uh, well, you're off on your own. Well, I'm not in the Alliance. Well, we know, but you've screwed me over. To then apologizing to now this is strategizing right to each other's face. Yeah, and and that's kind of the most adult way to handle this kind of thing. You don't have to say, they're a little more upfront than you have to be. You don't have to be, you don't have to say, I'm going to make sure you don't get to the final yeah, three. Yeah, I'm not going to let you get into the final three. That's That's probably more direct than you need to be, but being like, you know, they they start the conversation off with, "Hey, it's a game, but can we be civil? Can we?" I don't yeah. think they say friends; they just say civil. Yeah. Um, it feels almost kind of uh, mother daughtery to me. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute, and that's really all that happened between the end of the reward and uh, the start of the immunity challenge, which is Jesus a Christ. videotape. 
In Tremail, Jared's upset. In Tremail, there is a handheld camcorder that they are told to play, and they struggle to play the video because, of course, they do. Uh, and we get a video of Jeff is missing, and he is walking, wandering through the woods, finding masks, and. <laughs> Saying that this is the Survivor Witch Project. A, I, a queer reference to the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I rolled my eyes so hard you could have hooked them up to a power generation machine and been good for a while. It like they just kept rolling. It was oh, this this challenge. It was tacky. Ah. It was it was pretty gross. So let's let's just get right into this challenge. Sure. I have thoughts. Oh, okay. So my favorite thing was the preamble to the challenge yep. and Jeff talking about this. So he gathers the whole tribe around to tell them a story and tell them the, the history of the island, the cultural and spiritual history of the island. Sure. I don't know if any of this is accurate, but we'll take it at face value because I can't imagine it would be easy for us right now to Google and find this information as it's probably hyper-localized to that island of Borneo. I feel like them saying that the... Sorry, I'm going to jump in because some of the facts that they... The facts that they use are answers to the challenge later. Yes. Uh, One of which was everyone who has been voted out post-merge, their torches have gone out before I have snuffed them. Which I feel like is very much not true because he specifically has to say we have to sneak behind you and light it. Yeah, no, that that one's not true. I'm talking about the more he talks. So he he tells this the the history of the island and talks about um you know the, the locals say that like you need to respect the jungle spirits. He talks yeah. about how the snakes will bring you good luck. That kind of stuff. I have no way to fact check. We'll take it at face value and say it's true. Sure. So he starts out <laughs> talking about how important it is to respect the jungle and how important it is to the people that live there. Uh-huh. And then immediately turns that into a game yeah. where they hide the masks yeah. and disrespect the jungle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you peaked that one. That was funny. It uh, makes me, like, it's... <sighs> I... It makes me so mad. Like, this is these people's, like... And like maybe they don't believe it anymore. Maybe it's maybe you know it's it's long ago. I don't know, but it's just so weird and like to take this culture that you don't know anything about and jump in and talk about how much it needs to be respected, and then immediately make it into trivia facts with hidden masks that may or may not actually be representative of the cultures you're talking about. The only part I did find funny. Uh, about the setup was them talking about like like so one of the facts as I mentioned is like if a snake comes into your camp that's actually good luck unless you mess with the snake yeah. and that it's bad luck and they got how uh, Joel had shoot away a poisonous snake and I was like I was remembering back to when Rich was just like eating the snake in the ocean for fun yeah and I was like huh we're certainly picking and choosing what we want to uh, address here because Rudy definitely did, or not Rudy, Rich definitely did mess with the snake. And they have footage of that and used it on the show. So I don't know, man. Although anthropologically, there uh, there was an interesting fact about um, they say don't don't uh, don't say your name in the jungle. Oh yeah, because the spirits will uh, remember it and be able to mimic it back. 
And if you're lost at night, it'll sound like your friend's calling for you. Mm -hmm. There's something really terrifying about how many indigenous cultures have that myth. Mm. Like a lot, there's uh, several native tribes in the Americas that have like skinwalkers, um, basically, uh, you know, humans that can turn into animals and um, animorphs kind of, but horrifying. Cool. Um, and can mimic your voice and all of this kind of stuff. So, um, something, uh, I don't, I don't know what in the, my primal lizard brain, uh, <laughs> fears that so much, but I heard that and it, it freaked me out. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's talk, uh, challenge logistics here. Uh, so they were told these stories and then from that story, they were given the answers to the challenge. For the challenge, they had to take one of these camcorders, run into the jungle, find a mask. On the mask, there is a question. They had to answer the question with the camcorder and then take the mask. And first person to get all five with the correct answers uh, and back to where they started would win. Mm-hmm. But this is, again, where they kind of work themselves in a corner. What happens if they don't answer the questions correctly? Like, if Jeff reviewed the, the footage of the winner and went, yep, yep, that's, that's correct, that's correct. Because we see people not answering questions correctly. Who could you be referring to? <laughs> <laughs> not the one that you're expecting. Like, okay. we watched Sue... Uh, Sue and Rich kind of get half of the question right and half of the question not right. So had they beat Kelly, who was the eventual winner of the challenge, back to the start, would Jeff have to make a ruling saying, no, these aren't right? Either go or fix it or you, you're disqualified. Yeah, and like how do you, like you go re-record? Does it tell you which answer you got wrong? No. It didn't say anything. It's yeah, it's kind of whack. So, um, in in a future challenge, this would one the camcorders are dumb and they didn't need to be there. But they did because they had to verify the facts and they didn't want to have someone standing there the whole time. Uh, I think they just wanted to rip off Blair Witch Project. It was hot at the time, so sure. Uh, <laughs> if this were a modern challenge, you would have like gates or you would have something. Uh, you would have to lift up an answer and say, oh, you got this right, you got this wrong. And if you were wrong, you would have a punishment of you'd either have to go back to the start and fix this or something. It's it's just weak format and really dumb challenge. Yeah, because when we see, we see several people answer things wrong or just not answer things on the camcorder, I, okay, go and, ahead. Go well, ahead. No, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But um, you're right, because like even though it doesn't affect the challenge, my brain went, ooh, what happens now? Uh-huh. And we don't get that answer. Nope. Um, and that's kind of important as an audience member. It might not be important for the logistics of the game, like maybe Jeff knew exactly what he was going to do, but hey, it's a show. Yeah. Could you tell us? So every once in a while, I have I have good ears for picking out when things are recorded live or when things are voiced over later because you can usually tell there i can't oh especially when jeff does it uh challenge wise 
you can tell the difference between the live audio and him having to come in and say it later. Even when he's trying to mimic the challenge or like the tone, it's it's never the same because there's so many uh, so many different things that can go into what an audio sounds like. See, objectively, I knew that. Uh-huh. But I feel like a toddler and you just put your hands up in front of your face and now I don't know where you are. Fair. Because okay. I am so blown away by the <laughs> fact that you can figure this out. Okay. So imagine, like, like these challenges, especially early on when Jeff had to make commentary, it's usually in a recording studio afterward. Because <laughs> you can tell with... I don't know. I don't need to explain this again. It's There's so much, I need to fix this. This is a dead moment. Or in this specific scenario, had something gone wrong or someone came in, he would have to then explain, probably post-game, oh, we need to make a ruling and whatever live footage is going to happen isn't going to cut it. So let me record something here. Wow. Yeah. That, okay. The, the, the magic of Hollywood. The magic of Hollywood. Baby. I do, I've done film work. Yeah. I've done voiceover work. Why has this never clicked in my mind that Jeff adds voiceovers <laughs> to challenges and stuff? Because they're usually better at masking it in Hollywood that for whatever reason, Survivor is not very good at masking it. Huh. All right. It's just, it. it's inconsistent. Well... <laughs> Moving on to my favorite part of the challenge. Go on. Was watching <laughs> every, like, we'd watch, like, everyone get a mask or, like, two or three masks. And then we'd cut to Rudy and he'd run up and he'd, like, mumble the mask, like, the, the hint that was in the mask or yeah, the question okay. that was in the mask. Uh, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a scenario here. I will be the question. You will be Rudy. Uh, what If you are lost in the jungle, what are two things that you should do? I don't know. <laughs> And then immediately run off to get the next mask. He didn't answer a single question. He held the camera up to his face like your <laughs> boomer uncle taking their only Facebook profile picture. Yeah. It was perfection. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Three times. Three times we got to hear, I don't know. And every time it would cut back, I'm like, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. It's comedy. It's Class classic three. Classic three. It was beautiful. I, it... it... <laughs> I feel like when Jeff was telling that whole story, Rudy was just checked out. Like, he's just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. And then Jeff got to the end and was like, all those clues will be, you know, those are the those are the clues that will give, let you answer the questions in the forest. And Rudy's like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he clearly was not paying attention. Not at all. Oops. Well, we had to check out Rudy in the immunity challenge. He knows he's not going home. It doesn't matter. Uh, we go post-challenge. One, Kelly won. So, good for Kelly. Yes. Again, Kelly felt against the wall, so... I think Kelly was going home if I, she lost this challenge. I That's twice in a row. Probably right. Uh, Sean, when asked uh, how he's feeling, he's gonna he's winning this thing. Sean's going to win this thing. It's good to have dreams. <laughs> it's good to have dreams. It's... We are 33... No... Uh, sorry, by the end of this episode, we are 36 days uh-huh. into this game. Yeah. Day 35 out of 39 
is when Sean decides <laughs> to start playing the game. We're going to play the game. I'm going to win this thing. Uh, spoiler alert, he does not win this game. No! Uh, <laughs> and the only other thing of note that happens between Immunity Challenge and Tribal is that Kelly says, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Kelly also, playing this game hard, uh, is really trying to stick it to the Alliance at this point. Yeah. Which is funny, because she doesn't. I Yeah, again. Third episode in a row of her saying she wants to stick it to this alliance. But really doesn't. And voting for Sean. And voted for Sean. <laughs> All three times. Yeah. Uh, Which, I can respect the spite. <laughs> I can respect the spite, but strategy-wise, again, make a move. Do something. D- poke it with a stick. Do, d- do it. Hey, 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 do it. Yeah. Do the thing. Tribal happens. <laughs> they, so they show little clips of the jury actually reacting in this one. Mm-hmm. And it it got me thinking they they hide the jury in this. So far, they've hidden A the jury. A lot more. Yeah. They, they don't want to show... They show them walking in, they show them sit down, and then they don't show them again. I'm going to have a... I have, I have a, a Greg moment. Go on. Um, not me. No, I don't have a Greg moment. I've never murdered a man, you see. Okay. Um, but I have a thought about Greg. Have you noticed every single time that he's walked in as a jury member, he, as he's walking in, he slowly reaches out and touches the right pole that, like... I, I did notice that. I wonder... I was trying to figure out if he was setting something there. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's not... It had to be very small, because he only touches it for a very brief second. His yeah. hand is not going... It's... I think he's just a psychopath. <laughs> Like, I think that's just, that's, like, straight up, like, psychopathic behavior. Like, when I enter this room, I must touch this door frame. Like, nah. Okay. Moving on. We have to talk about Greg for oh, long enough. Oh, come on. Hold on. There are so many kids in an elementary school that will jump up to hit a door frame just because they have to. It's the thing that they do. Yeah, two things. Uh-huh. One, that's a child. Sure. Two, it's not a compulsion. Like, they're doing it to be like, oh, haha, like, I can reach it, it's fun. Greg just seems, he does it with a blank face. He just reaches over and, and like, br- like briefly Touch. touches the railing or the, the stump there and then keeps walking. Doesn't break <laughs> his stride, doesn't look at it. It's just, it, it yeah, it, it looks compulsory. Greg freaks me out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for the first time. Rudy is kind of called out in this tribal council. So I, I wrote down that Jeff was really confident in this tribal council. And he yeah. doesn't, um, he asks interesting questions instead of just like coming right after people. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. He calls, he, he brings Rudy into the fray to actually like have a conversation. Which is fun. I mean, they talk about his, uh, his Navy buddies and what they're going to be like when they see the show. A lot of which we've touched on before, uh, particularly the the rich section that he's buddies with rich and that the navy buddies are gonna uh rip on him like yeah i don't care for that that's dumb this made me sad yeah because rudy's pretty much exact words were i'll shake his hand and then i hope to never see him again that was almost accurate yeah i wrote that down and it, it like earlier on just a couple episodes ago i talked about how like rudy's really interesting in that he's not um uh, when he like he has these he's he has these really interesting views that kind of contradict and all of that and he's a very nuanced person. Uh-huh. I still believe that. Yeah. But um, and he realized that Rui's actually just been very pragmatic for a very long time. 
Um, he'll put up with anything if he gets a million dollars. Yeah. And that just makes me kind of sad because I thought that him and Rich actually had some sort of bond and that maybe Rudy wasn't like, I was like, oh, wow, like he's not really being prejudiced against him. And <sighs> my brain says that, and this is me seeing the good in people. I think he is growing and I think he does like being around Rich and maybe sometimes Sue for that matter. Uh, but he's so will- unwilling to admit that on television that he he's saving face. Well, it's also, we also have to give him the benefit of the doubt that um, it is day 36. Yeah. And they have all vocalized how sick of each other they are. That's true. They And, and it's not like Rudy's like picking friends and, and leaving Rich out of it. He's like, I never want to see any of these people again. Correct. So like, there's some benefit of the doubt there. Um, I just was like, oh, dang. Thought, I thought we'd broken through the hard exterior. Um, and maybe we learn, maybe we learn, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the season that I'm wrong and that he does um, after the sh- after the season's done. Oh no, we'll see. Oh uh, no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tribal happens. Uh, um, oh, one thing else I want to say about the Jeff talking in tribal. Oh yeah. Um, Rich talks about how you know he's like, what do you think America's going to view you as? Uh, mm. to Rich. And yep. Rich says, as someone who came in with a specific goal and has worked towards that goal and hopefully accomplished that goal, and for all of the good and bad I've said about Rich, and there's a lot to say, um, that's true. All right. I mean, he's, he was the only one who came in with an objective. Mm-hmm. He, he saw, he didn't know exactly what the path was going to be. He didn't know exactly what the game was going to be. But he was been the most active person in this game. And the only one that had goals from the first day. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, as he's as he has the whole season, that's a good read. Good read. Good on you. <laughs> good Rich. Anything else you want to talk about in Tribal? Uh, no. Yeah, no, just the vote. Nah. The vote happens. It's a clean sweep against Sean. Sean finally gets the boot. But like we said, Kelly doesn't make a move. No. Maybe just really want Sean gone. I mean, she has for the last two weeks before this. Unclear. Uh, yeah. So Sean votes. Uh, everyone votes for Sean. Who did Sean vote for? Sue, I think. Yeah, it was Sue. Yeah, it was Sue. Um, yeah. Really uneventful on that front. Uh, how do you think Sean does in today's Survivor? Even worse. <laughs> Look, I mean, I guess he made final what five here final so, five yeah final five he did but, really well uh, here no i i don't think sean gets on the show <laughs> in modern survivor like i just um of everyone we've talked about uh, like except for bb and i guess maybe stacy because i don't know who she is apparently <laughs> i can't imagine someone doing worse he has been he hasn't been playing the game since the very beginning yeah Hit, like he should have gone home when Dirk went home. They should have had two votes. They should have just kicked them both out. Get rid of them both. I mean, it's giving me some entertainment value. That's fair. And that is what the sh- that is what television's about. But um, yeah, he's yeah. kind of worthless. Yeah, uh, he does not come back. You shocking. We don't we don't see any more Sean. Uh, however, Sean for for a good five years is a CBS medical correspondent. What? Yeah. For from '04 to '08 is a correspondent. Uh, also, 
in 09 tries to start the Dr. Sean show on AM radio. No. Yeah. This uh, man has the personality of a cheese grater. <laughs> wrote a book, uh, Etre the Cow. It's There's a lot of accents in this, and I'm not sure how that first word is spelled. It's E-T-R-E. Uh, it's That's French. Yes. I don't know what it means. I didn't look it up. Uh, wrote that in 2010. And then also, you you looked at me while I was writing this down because I could not contain my laughter. Uh, I looked on his Twitter. Uh, there's a couple interesting things on his Twitter. He's uh, pro... Uh, I shouldn't say it. He's anti-NRA, anti-gun. There was a, a post about the most recent shootings and how he wants the NRA to, to step up and like actually have solutions. Um, but also, he he lists himself as the founder of the Jerk at Work doll. I'm sorry? The, the Jerk at Work doll. You heard that correctly. What does that mean? So, my... I clicked on it because I was like, what the hell is this? Is this like a... Is this an inappropriate thing to be doing at work? Uh, no, it's in the vein of the elf on the shelf. It is a thing that you go in, you mess up someone's room, and then you leave the jerk at work doll there because the jerk at work doll did it. I... <laughs> he is the founder of the jerk at work doll. I'm broken. <laughs> so is Sean. I I looked it up. Uh, etre means to be. Oh, to be the cow. To be the cow. Are you sure Jervis didn't write this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Sean would be the kind of guy who would think that messing up somebody's office and putting a knockoff elf on the shelf on the desk would be funny. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, uh, and finally, your protagonist of the episode. Sorry, I'm I'm still reeling from from jerk at work. All of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, this one, this one is hard as well. Um, but it's it still does feel like Kelly. Um, she still has the target on her back. Uh-huh. Uh And it's it's almost not fair because I feel like she. Like, we're going to divide up, like, who drives the narrative of this episode. Sure. It would be, you know, 75%—or, sorry, it'd be, we'll say 66% Rudy, Sue, and Rich together. Okay. But they're all splitting it in a third. Uh, Kelly, 25%, and Sean, the other, like, whatever that is, like, 9%. So, Kelly gets it because she's having her own narrative, whereas the other three are still kind of sharing theirs. Mm Mm-hmm. They all want Kelly gone. Yeah. She's winning immunity, so they go for Sean instead. Um, and, yeah, she's won four challenges in a row. She's a challenge beast. She's killing it. She's uh, the original challenge beast. She's the original challenge beast. And, yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to say? Um, Just... Sean. Just Sean. I'm so... Goodbye. Goodbye, Sean. Goodbye. Good I, riddance. You're very fun to make fun of. Um, 
if you hear this podcast, come on it. Yeah. If you, if anyone is like, hey, these guys did me dirty, call, call us out. Like, we would love to have you and have you on to defend your position. Like, please do. Remember, um, I'll die on any hill. It's true. Jared will. <laughs> Let's close out the episode. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Before we go, I would like to... Uh, one one little fix from previous episodes. I did say that All-Stars was season 5. I don't know where in my brain that happened. It's actually season 8. So we have a little bit of time before All-Stars happens. Which, I will say, 18, or, uh, yeah, 18 Survivors on that season, likely. Um, 8 seasons. So that means you're looking at... Only two per season with two, I guess, yeah, two per season with three remaining. Yeah. So three extras. And you've already told me that at least three of them are from this season. Yeah. There's, there's so got to be more there, yeah. I, and I don't know about Rudy. I mean, I think Rudy for sure, I think you said comes back. Yeah, Rudy uh, will come back. Rudy, Rich, Kelly, Sue, if they're all in that. That's a lot of season one representation. I have not confirmed any of the other three that you said. So right now it's just uh, Rudy... What? I said if. That's fair. <laughs> right now, we have confirmed Rudy and Jenna. Right, and Jervis comes back way later. Yes. Yes, so there, there is time to build up a cast here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anything anything you want to promote? Yeah. What do I want to promote? It's almost like you ask me this every episode. It's true. And usually I have one. Um, oh, I would like to promote getting rid of kickers in your fantasy football league. How dare you? I'm so... Continue. You're a Vikings fan. You should be anti-kicker. I am. I was a kicker. I was a kicker in high school. Okay, fine. You know what? Because half of the representation of this podcast was a kicker in high school. (laughs) I will strike that from the record. I would like to plug the 13-foot tall What what happened to you dying on on any hill? I'm trying to be nice. Okay, fair. Sorry. If you want to argue with me, I'll still die on the hill. Keep plugging. Uh, Instead, I'll plug the 13-foot tall skeletons from Home Depot. (laughs) Go buy one. (laughs) Go buy one. Uh, We do not have space here, so we're not... We will not be buying one. That's what you think. I... I bought a flag that... We'll call that good. We bought two flags. Um, Yeah, and I want to promote uh, flossing. Just like your dentist says, a floss. Do your do your flossing. Not the dance move. Not well. I, I can also promote that. It it's kind of fun. That'll get us in with the kids, with the youths. I'm I'm hip with the youths. Uh, how's it going, fellow kids? Uh, yeah. A, a couple times ago, when I went to the dentist, my dentist was like, "You know how to floss, right?" I was like, "Yeah, of course I know how to floss." And she's like, "You gotta do it like this and like this, and then you gotta get under the gums and you gotta like really rub it there." It's like. Fuck, I didn't know how to floss. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do some flossing. It's good, it's good for you. Uh, yeah, that's it. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We are at the finale. Next episode is the finale. Uh, we have one more, possibly a bonus episode, and then on to season two. On to season two. Yeah, if we can find that movie that's for the true. bonus episode. Uh, Jared, I'm going to put you on the spot here with 10 seconds left. Who wins season one? I think it's Rich. All right. That's his guess. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.